Hey everybody, welcome to Ravens Recap. We're back for episode 6. We want to talk about some rivalries that the Ravens have had, but before we get started with that, we wanted to go back and discuss a few underrated Ravens we might have missed. We had a very colorful discussion going on on the Ravens subreddit. Chris, why don't you take that away? Yeah, um, well first off, we appreciate everyone's comments. There are a lot of names on there, some people that we had considered and maybe decided that we didn't want to talk about. There's some people that we may have disagreed with, and uh, there are actually a couple names in there that we just totally overlooked. So we just want to make sure we you know, list a couple of them off, some, some high-level ones. Uh, Danelle Ellerby was one. Daryl Smith, another one who had a lot of people voting that, supporting that guy. Uh, Ladarius Webb was another big one we missed. Jim Leonard, Tom Zibikowski, both safeties for us for a good period of time. Will Demps was another name as well, one guy that we uh, overlooked a little bit. I got to say for most, you know, most of the list there, there's some good names, at least for me, I think some guys on there are are definitely underrated. Daryl Smith, I think was one guy that stands out to me. Jim Leonard too. In in my mind, or Darius Webb, I don't know. He's, he's, He's always been a player that I've sort of liked and I've had a lot of respect for, so he wasn't really underrated in my book, but I can definitely see from a lot of people that he would be underrated. So I don't. That's why I didn't. I thought he was one of those tier one players, one of those guys that maybe if we were a team that got more press attention, he would be in the conversation more. I kind of think of him like a Jared Johnson or Delius Thomas. I mean, we didn't think those players were lackluster in any means. They were very respected here, but maybe not nationwide. Yeah, Webb was definitely one of those guys too, very beloved by the fan base. And he's still doing his um, softball games, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still in the community. He's very active here. You know, he, he loved his time in Baltimore. I mean, everyone loved having him here. So yeah, definitely I, I would compare him to, to a Jared Johnson in, in that respect. More guys on the defensive side of the football in that list that we just mentioned. As uh, <laughs> Alec pointed out when we were going through the players last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right I think one guy on the uh offensive side of the ball I think saw some people mention LaRon McLean I think is a was a good one we've mentioned him a little bit last episode when we were bringing up uh Chester Taylor but there's another one on the offensive side of the ball that's right yeah I'll always remember him for that uh 80 yard run and uh, the Cowboys game <laughs> right one next the... to McGay's another thing that came out of the reddit discussion a lot of the people that were mentioned as underrated Ravens, I thought personally were people who came near the end of their career, like in their twilight, and were key contributors, but I don't know if I would call them underrated. So I was thinking maybe we could do a discussion about people who came to the Ravens late in the game, but didn't maybe necessarily make their stake in the league with the Ravens. Most of the guys we mentioned were homegrown guys. Yeah, I think part of that is because most of the guys, I mean, by nature that, you, that teams pick up in free agency come in with a certain pedigree that's already known throughout the league. So I think that might be why our list tended more towards these homegrown guys uh, because of our perception of who these players were before the Ravens brought them in. You know, if you're thinking of someone like a, like an Anquan Bolden or a, or a Samari role, I think we were talking about before recording those guys had made their, their mark in the league with the team they were on before. But uh, like you said, there's a lot of guys that the Ravens brought in and were key contributors to some pretty good teams. And they may have history in, on one team, but they also have a 
big part in Ravens history as well. So that would be a cool topic to do uh, on some future podcast. Yeah, I do know um, one one name that actually kind of fits that bill too. And the only, I I want to bring him up just because I know he was in the the news recently. But Vontae Leach um, actually was Hell a yeah yeah a really good player for the for the Texans, and then you know became a Pro Bowl player for us. And he just was recently in the news because he decided to retire officially with the Ravens. So that's you know kind of cool for a player like that who was came to us after his original team, but decided to actually retire with us was was really cool so i I don't know if you guys watched the uh the video with ozzy and and john talking about that and uh, but it was really good helps when you win a super bowl ring on whittling down which team you're going to retire with (laughs) that's true he did mention that he was the the first and last person to run the ball or something like that um on that super bowl it was either the super bowl game or the super bowl season i can't remember gotcha but yeah, man, he had a crazy career, undrafted, and then he actually spent two years with Green Bay before the Saints. Then he had his uh, Texans career for five years there, and then came to us in, in the twilight, but came and got that Super Bowl ring. All right. Well, moving on to our topic that we have today, we want, going back more on the theme of last week of, you know, hitting the nostalgia button before the preseason games start up, coming pretty soon. Can you believe it? Thursday, baby. Not know, this man. week that we're recording, but <laughs> when it gets released, probably Thursday of this week. <laughs> Where is the summer gone? But man, we're excited for that. And, you know, to kind of whet our appetite for football coming back, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest rivalries that the Ravens have had through the years. Looking back on some key games, cool memories from those games. Look at what's the state of the rivalries right now? What's the ultimate legacy of them? And what better team to kick that discussion off with than with unarguably, definitively, the Ravens' biggest rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers? So, okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would consider them the biggest rival. I know why you would say that. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Okay. But in my mind, it's the next team. But okay, maybe that's just because, as we'll get to later... This rivalry is an interesting state at the moment. The next one is as well, but that'll make for a good podcast discussion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So the Ravens rivalry against the Steelers. So the overall record right now in the series, Pittsburgh, unfortunately, leads the series in the regular season. 25 games won, where the Ravens have won 21. They've met up four times in the postseason. Ravens have won the most recent, but lost the previous three. So we're looking at this rivalry, and one of the things we've got listed down here for each of these rivalries is like, what is what was the height of these rivalries, and what's the current state? For this one, personally, I put down the dates, and I don't. You guys didn't comment on it, so we can talk about it. I think like the beginning of the rivalry, there was kind of two stages of it. The beginning of it was like under Billick, I would say like around two thousand one to two thousand four, and then I feel like two thousand five through two thousand. Seven, oh five and oh seven. The Ravens weren't good. Oh six, the Steelers weren't good. Not too much, many good games in that era. But then when Harbaugh comes back and Tomlin takes over for the Steelers, I feel like from two thousand eight through probably the Christmas game in twenty sixteen, you had a really good string of games in that area. So I don't know what you guys think of that, but that's what I kind of view right now is like the height of the rivalry. 
I respect that. I mean, as we know, Raven Steelers almost always a primetime game, one of the most watched games in the primetime lineup throughout the season. And it's one of those games, too, no matter which team was considered to be better or stronger, you knew it was going to be highly competitive. It would come down to the last drive and and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the, the second half of that. Obviously, <laughs> the second half is what I most remember outside of a couple games, I think, in 06. But in 2008, we played three times, twice the regular season, once in postseason. I believe that the, the second regular season game was a heartbreaker and the AFC championship game was also just one really really tough hard-fought game the Ravens just fell a little short that year but man there were just some good games for for setting the tone for for the rivalry it just you got you got to respect it you know even even though the the ending wasn't as good as we wanted it to be it, it was it was some really good games yeah despite the fact that I mean, the Ravens got swept in 2008 in the series. I mean, the overtime loss on Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh, and then the Roethlisberger pass to Santonio Holmes that won the game, I think, like 10-9 for the Steelers, and then the AFC Championship game. That was, I think, one of the best years of the rival, just because those games were just so smash mouth and hard-hitting. Like, every yard those offenses were fighting for, nothing was easy in those games. So, I mean, despite the fact that the Ravens didn't pull out the victories. I think that was one of the better years of the rivalry. Yeah, it's it's so interesting just because football has changed so much since that time. The rivalry has changed a little bit too. It, it, it's it's still a hard-fought game. It arguably probably isn't as smash-mouth as it used to be. And it's also changed a little bit too. The, the, the teams have changed a little bit, right? So, you know, Pittsburgh, once known for its a really amazing defense, they've been very suspect in the secondary you know, and, and, you know, while the Ravens have been strong in the secondary, they've maybe been a little bit weaker up front too. So the, the defenses aren't the, the same as they used to be. The offenses are, are definitely a lot more uh, toward the forefront now. We've evolved a little bit, you know, in the last couple of years, but uh, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see now that we've got our next quarterback in Lamar, what the next phase is going to look like. I think it's a really good point that you bring up stating how the game has changed. That was something I was thinking about when going through these notes is rivalries are harder to have in today's NFL because it used to be such a vicious game, you know, <laughs> like they were hitting a little bit harder in these games. You know, the, the the tackles were maybe a little bit more vicious. And now it's like, if you do that kind of crap, you're ejected, big suspensions, penalties, etc. So I feel like it might take away a little bit, not to say that the game might not be, it's probably best in the best interest of the longevity of the game that it's not as vicious as it once was. But I think that did add to like the, just the hatred and the rivalry and, and all that. So if we want to look at uh, what the Ravens Steelers rivalry is going to look like this year and going forward, it is interesting actually when the Ravens and Steelers play, it'll be Lamar Jackson's first start against Pittsburgh since actually both those right. games last year, while Flacco was still behind center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just feels like there's so many classic names from that rivalry. I mean, you got Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, and I mean Todd Heap usually had good games in those series as well. And then on the Steelers side, you know, guys like Paul Amalu, James Harrison, you know, Roethlisberger still, Joe Jerome Bettis. Yeah, and it just feels like you know now that Suggs is gone from that rivalry, 
he was kind of like the one guy on the Ravens defense who really, and on the Steelers as well, left who had the swagger that you, that came to define that series. So it kind of feels like to me, like that series is going in a little bit of a reboot right now. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that next five years, is that rivalry go back on course or is, is it a new era? Well, I think it's one of those things where you see the, the Steelers roster kind of seems to be at the very end of that era, right? Roethlisberger is likely to be retiring in the next couple of years or, you know, not. Oh, not he's the new there. Brett Favre. He says every year he's going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I think because he's so entrenched, you know, you know, for so long, it's hard to tie him to this new, this new robbery with like Lamar, for instance. Teams change. It, it, I think it's surprising enough that for you know this latest span, eight years, right, 2008 to 2016, like that's a long time, and it's pretty amazing that both our teams were pretty good for that eight-year span, which is why the rivalry was so good. Unless you're the Bill Belichick run, New England Patriots, uh, it's really hard to be really good for that long. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be reboot years. So. Well, we'll see how much of a reboot we need. Hopefully, the last couple of years, I think, have been a little bit of a reboot for us anyway. So I'm hoping we're kind of out of that soon, but we'll see. Speaking of the Patriots, they are the next on the list. And the team that I feel like is my biggest rival at this point, just because I want to beat them so very badly every time we play. Peter has listed here that the height of the rivalry was 2007 to 2014. And the Ravens record in the series... It's not that great in the regular season. One and eight, which I, I couldn't believe was that bad, to be yeah. completely frank with you. Yeah, regular like, season. Oh, really? Regular season, yeah. Yeah, postseason, we're a little bit better. Yeah, not as bad. Fearless. January Joe, two and two. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why that, that number is so surprising is because with the one exception I, I can think of, it's 2013. Those games are always really hard fought. Like the Ravens are one of the teams that, you know, I talked to some Patriots fans during that period and like Patriots fans, you know, they admitted that the Ravens were a team like they, I mean, obviously they're New England fans are like, Oh, of course they're going to win. But they, (laughs) they admitted like they go into those games more nervous than, than other games and their dolphins game. Well, yeah, (laughs) but yeah, man, I remember only only in Miami, only in Miami. (laughs) Yeah, but I remember 2007, I was actually at that uh, Monday night football game where the you know the Ravens were awful that year, but you know, they, they put it together that one night they had a shot to prematurely end the perfect season that the Giants would end up ending in the Super Bowl. But they were toe-for-toe with New England in that game, and I think that kind of set the state of that rivalry, and those games are always close. Unfortunately, the Ravens haven't wrapped up enough of them in the regular season it's so interesting i i mean i don't have the stats from some of the other rivals i guess from the the patriots because you know we're not patriots fans but maybe <laughs> maybe we'll have to fact check later but it, it's definitely interesting to see I, I i would be interested to see what other teams records against the patriots are during this span because i feel like you know at least historically during this era the the Ravens definitely have been really close toe to toe with the Patriots for a lot of games, and it always felt like, I mean, you could ask fans of other teams, 
it felt like the Ravens were always just they they had they had what it, what it takes to beat the Patriots. They were like so close, and it just was like one play or, or one flag or something to just turn the tide, and it just wouldn't have been enough. But you know, you watch some other games. Like I I remember watching the game against the the Chiefs last year, the AFC Championship game, and for most of the game, man, I, I just I didn't think the Chiefs had it. It just didn't feel like they were really in it. There were too many misplays by them, too many misconnections. And it just it felt like, you know, the, the score may have been close, but New England was going to come away with that game. You just didn't feel that same sort of, I guess, like drive, I guess. Uh, drive isn't the right word, but you just didn't feel that same sort of feeling that you would have with the Ravens playing the Patriots, right? I think the Ravens bring a certain level of intensity to almost every game they play, particularly these big games. You know, we always talk about how the Ravens always play up to the opponent. No matter how good or bad they are, if they are playing a good opponent, they'll probably show up. And if they're playing a bad opponent, they'll they'll be sloppy. But I think it really shows with the Patriots games. They're always so close. And I know I've talked to a few Patriots fans as well. They don't like seeing us. We're definitely the team. It's We're like kind of their kryptonite, although we can never pull it off quite right. Right. We definitely the make them weak. It's like, you know, Superman usually wins in his battles too. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but like, man, we make them weak for a little bit there. We definitely make them nervous. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, back in the height of that rivalry, Ed Reed versus Tom Brady was always fun rivalry to watch. I think I, I remember seeing something on NFL Network at one point. They were having uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady breaking down game film before a, a game against the Ravens, and they were focusing very heavily on Ed Reed and really studying his tactics close because they were saying that. He was a guy that could that Brady had to really think hard about where he was throwing when he was on the field. Fun, fun kind of sidebar on on Ed Reed. I feel like the last two or three years, there's been a ton of support for Ed Reed. Whereas when you know we go back to the height of Raven Steelers rivalry back in 2008, it was it wasn't like the Ed Reed was like the best safety of all time. It was like no, no it was, is it Ed Reed or is it Paul Amalu? Like there's always this conversation like who's the best, and then the you know the Eagles fan would be like, well, what about Dawkins, right? But like now, like ten years later, rivalry is like in a completely different era, right? It's it's Ed Reed, man. He's the only like there is there is no other answer. It's just it's Ed not Reed, even close, right? It's not even close. It's, like, it's not even close. No one else is blocking punts taking things back to the house from 109 yards no one's doing that crap he's the best no questions asked he fooled quarterbacks for years the guy was amazing i know and he's you know (laughs) and 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 then who's who's better to say that than you know belichick and brady themselves right with all the success that they've had they they totally respect this guy of like yeah he was like the greatest player like one of the greatest players of all time like and when you have that now it's like yeah ed reads the guy i'll never forget this story that my um, Uncle Dennis will share. He was at the game against the Colts, and Manning is, uh, you know, firing back there with all his weapons. And Ed Reed, he said, "You watch Ed Reed. He's backpedaling, backpedaling, and he takes a step in the wrong direction. And the second he does that, Manning throws it over the top. Well, he didn't take a wrong step. It was like a total fake." He flies back there and intercepts the ball. And he's like, he knew it. He knew it the whole time. <laughs> he was just tempting him into it. And he took a bait. And he's like, oh, he was the best ever play. He always talks about that play. The guy was a savant, oh, man. man. <laughs> so good. But that's a good segue, I think, to our next one. Indianapolis Colts. 
That's another one. I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners who have been following the Ravens for a long time, possibly following the uh, Baltimore Colts, this was <laughs> definitely the rivalry for a long time. Yeah, this one's interesting because, I, as Alec noted in, in our notes before the show, this rivalry kind of feels like it's gone by the wayside a bit in recent seasons. And I think one of the reasons is, obviously, when when the Ravens first came here in 96, I mean, you know, we were young, like around five years old or so. So, you know, we didn't really have too much of an idea of what was going on. But Baltimore finally getting a team back and, you know, that 13-year hiatus really, really put a sour taste in the fans with because towards Indianapolis. And I feel like, you know, back then there was a heavy rivalry just to beat Indianapolis because that wound was still fresh. But I feel like the Super Bowl win in 2000 kind of eased that a little bit. And then I kind of feel like the rivalry turned towards it was less against the Colts and more against Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning would just always find a way to win. It wasn't until he uh, went over to the Broncos that the Ravens were able to get him. I think, I mean, I think they beat Peyton Manning in 2001, but then there was a, there was a long period there where he would just eke out a game because the Ravens defense would slow him down, but our offense couldn't, you know, get enough points to, to close the door. That 2006 game, uh, I just remember watching that at Silver Spring Station and being heartbroken. That was one of the toughest games to ever watch for the Ravens. Yeah. I believe I, well, I don't know if I have it anymore, but I remember having the uh, Beat Indy shirt. You still see him occasionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think everyone was so hyped up for that game. It was one of the first buys we had in a while, you know, playing at home playing Indy at home. I think that was actually the Ravens' first postseason buy in their franchise history. Was that the first one? Okay. I think so, yeah. I think they were a wild card previously before all that. Yeah, but I I agree with you, Peter. Yeah, for a while, definitely, it seemed like it was just Ravens against Peyton Manning. You know, same thing, Ravens against Tom Brady. You know, played that level of competition, and you had some really, really good games. But, uh, you know, like you said, man, the offense just wasn't good enough at the time to compensate you know the defense could slow him down but you know it, it didn't amount to much and I think you know once Manning left and once you got Andrew Luck in there I, I mean I think you know maybe a couple things that happened one you know Andrew Luck's a really good quarterback but I don't I still don't think he's at the level of what Peyton was Peyton could mask so many deficiencies with those Colts teams and it seems like with Andrew Luck it's always like, you know, the O-line's not doing good or he doesn't have a run game or their defense isn't playing well. And we've just had more success, I think, against uh, the Lux Colts. And also, yeah, it's, you know, we've had time to, you know, to get over that loss. You know, we've, we've won two Super Bowls since the Colts left. For fans like us, we knew the story. You know, we knew that, that the Indianapolis Colts were the Baltimore Colts, but we never lived through it. So it was didn't have as much meaning for us but once we started getting that success anyway I'm sh- some of the older fans were like okay you know I'm I'm on board with the Ravens now it, it doesn't you know it doesn't hurt as much when you're when you got ranks right yeah at this point we're so established the Ravens feel like a team it still blows my mind that we were so successful so quickly winning a Super Bowl in you know what our fifth season 2000 right I mean that's incredible but 
definitely, as you said, I think as Peyton Manning uh, transitioned away from the Colts, no matter how good luck is, it's just not the same. And also, as I, as I pointed out, none of the players think of that as a rivalry. You know, maybe they know the story too, but no one's thinking to themselves, oh, like, it's a rivalry. And I think it's because in order for a rivalry to exist, you either have to be divisional rivals or consistently in the same place. You know, like, oh, we're in first place, they're in first place, we're going to play them. Right. And and we just haven't had that consistency with right. the Colts right. to be able to have that year in and year out. I mean, New England, we play them every year, basically. Even though they're not in our division, we almost always play them because we'll be the first seed and, and we'll run into them or we, we have their division in the, in the rotation or we'll see them in the playoffs if we don't, weren't the first seed, things like that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point that this rivalry has been more from the fans' perspective than the players' perspective. So the next rivalry we have, this one stings, and I love the way you put it, Peter, but I'll let you share that thought. The Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, so I kind of think of this is like an underrated rivalry of the ones that we've mentioned. And I think kind of some of the reasons for that are because, A, the Ravens struggle against this team that usually you feel like, you know, this is a team that the Ravens roster is generally better than usually, yet they still find a way to, to lose these games. And I think the other part of it, too, is when we've been talking about some of the rivalries of the previous three rivals you know you can think of some great moments in those games like you know Lodi Nada breaking Ben Roethlisberger's nose and Joe Flacco throwing the game-winning touchdown pass to Torrey Smith on Sunday night football but the Ravens Bengals games are generally pretty darn sloppy and so sloppy generally like are the whole time you're just watching you're just like why can't the offense do anything and then on the other side of the ball you know it doesn't matter if it's Carson Palmer or Andy Dalton, the Ravens are usually able to force a lot of turnovers. But surprisingly, this rivalry is as even as it gets. The series record is tied 23 apiece. And I, th- I think this rivalry really has been going on all the way back to 2003 um, when... Uh, Marvin Lewis went over. Marvin Lewis went over, yeah. Um, and really the entire time he was there... Year in and year out, the games were sloppy, hard-fought, and yeah, not generally the team you think of when you think of the top Ravens rivals, but it's uh, those games are definitely always close. Yeah, the Bengals always triggered me. It's the games, they were kind of like, if the Patriots feared the Ravens, even though they thought they had them, I always feared the Cincinnati Bengals, even though I thought we had them, because like you said, they always found a way to make it interesting, particularly if A.G. Green was healthy. Oh man. Oh, man! No matter how good our secondary was, for some reason AJ Green would be transcendent, and that's why I always valued him in fantasy. I was like, "This man can make us look silly." I'm sure he makes people look silly all the time. AJ Green, I'm sorry that you hurt yourself. I'm so sorry that you were banging the benches. You're so sad. Yesterday, I heard. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, my friend. I hope you are. You have a very speedy recovery in the next six to eight weeks. Also, AJ Green, thank you for listening to our Ravens podcast. You're probably the very first <laughs> NFL player to ever. I'll uh, screw you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I noticed that we didn't have the, uh, was it the 20, 2015 game where uh, 
they went on the Hail Mary that gets tipped up by a Hedebo and AJ Green. Oh my god. We didn't even put it down in our key games. That's how bad it was. Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. But the Ravens the Ravens did end up uh pulling out the win in that game though, I think. I don't think that's true. Yeah, they did. That that play oh, got what? it to overtime. It was 20, oh. 2013. 2013. Yeah. Okay. Dang. Well, look at Peter. There's there's you know, there's one big play. Yeah, it's you know, the, the whole game. It's not even that like remember we didn't even remember who won or lost the game. We just remember that happening. Right. That's how sloppy <laughs> it was, right? I will say I missed the 2018 game when we lost in the fourth quarter to miss the playoffs. I was at a wedding that day. It was on uh, New Year's Eve. But I was watching it from my watch. You know, I kept refreshing my watch. And we were losing, losing, losing. Then we mount this comeback, right? And then the wedding was over. So I started streaming it on my on my phone. But I started seeing the, the tweets and stuff before and the text messages most of the text messages, I started getting all these texts like, oh, I can't believe what happened, you know, <laughs> classic Ravens. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? I see the play. And I'm like, oh, man, that was – it just summed up our whole season. That whole season was just heartbreaking. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun ending to a game. I was actually at that game, you know, in that nine-degree weather. Man, that was, uh, that was fun freezing your feet off for it to end that way. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's a, a, a going back to your point that the rivalry really started uh, when Marvin Lewis took over the team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see in these next couple of seasons how the, the Ravens-Bengals games will be going now that uh, Marvin Lewis has finally moved on. Long overdue, in my opinion. I mean, similar to our 23-23 and 23 record in this series, he was probably one of the most average coaches. Their teams were never particularly excellent, and they were never particularly bad. But just, uh, I don't know, it's so sad. And it, like just as an observer and as a fan, you kind of want them to have more success than they did. They had some good talent. They had some really dirty players, too. <laughs> well, some would say that about us, too. But eh. <laughs> <laughs> We're fans. We don't talk about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't say glasses. <laughs> I didn't say I agree with them. But no, yeah, the 2015 Bengals, that was a good team. But, you know, that playoff game against the Steelers, that was just insanity. That would have been such a crazy game, though, if the Bengals had pulled that off. Of all quarterbacks for them to start to finally break that streak would have been A.J. McCarron. <laughs> That's right. Ah, football can be funny sometimes. So those are the the teams that, you know, we kind of view as, like, if not the current rivals, you know, as we discussed with the Colts, at least the most recent. But when we were looking to do this episode, we were also thinking about uh, some of the classic rivalries that the Ravens had that, really haven't existed for a while, but are still fun to reminisce about. And the first up for those uh, that we want to talk about is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. I, <laughs> what, what was the most recent game we played them? We had how many sacks? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. <laughs> Nine? <laughs> eleven? A lot. We. Uh, it yeah. might have been eleven, actually. Yeah, it was something crazy. <laughs> I can't say that they were... A, uh, a rival, then, at least during that game. But <laughs> Yep, it was 11 sacks. What's crazy about the rivalry, though, is back in 2000 and 2001, man, like that rivalry was bigger than Ravens-Steelers. Like, I think Ravens-Steelers has been, and maybe Ravens-Patriots, like Alec was saying, have been the big rivalries for so long. It's, it's funny to think back and remember a time when that wasn't the case, that, you know, it was actually Ray Lewis and... McAllister 
facing off against Eddie George, Eddie yeah. George, Steve McNair, uh, Javon Curse. Man, those were those were two powerhouse uh, defenses going back and forth back in those days. Yeah, I mean, there was a reason that we picked up so many guys from them too, right? I mean, we got Steve McNair, although maybe a little bit later than we wanted. But we got Derek Mason. We got Samari Roll. Yeah, that was something that uh, listener Chris pointed out. He sent us an email at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We always encourage you to send us feedback about our episodes, things you like, things you didn't like, things you want us to talk about on future shows. We'd love to hear about it. Feedback at ravensrecap.com. Now back to your regular schedule of programming. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the legacy, though, just like we said, this rivalry has been dead for a while, but it's got a huge place in the Ravens legacy just because of, I think just how big this rivalry was the year of the, of the Super Bowl. I mean, I remember in 2000, that game in Nashville, the Ravens uh, came back from a deficit and uh, Trent Dilfer of all people had the game winning touchdown pass to, I want to say it was Patrick Johnson, another out there name for the Ravens. But I remember after that game, you know, you know, they uh, Billick did that post game speech where he was just like, throughout the the cover of the Sports Illustrated, saying the Titans were the best team in the NFL, and then insinuating that since the Ravens beat the Titans, they were now the best team in the NFL, <laughs> and that really that really set the stage. A lot of bad blood on the Titans side towards the Ravens leading into that playoff game where that was close for a while, but then the second half, you know. They had that blocked field goal that was turned for a touchdown, and then Ray Lewis stripping the ball from Eddie George to get the defensive touchdown, and just basically the Ravens won the Super Bowl after that game because the Raiders and the Giants were no much lower class teams in my opinion that year than the Titans. But oh yeah, I remember that that they, that was kind of the game. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, well, I mean we'll uh, we'll have to see what what happens now because I know you know. Dean Pease went over there, and now they've taken a couple of our guys. You know, there's a little bit of mixing. You know, they're if they have a you know a good season, we have a good season. We might meet up a little more, bit more, and so we'll have to we'll we'll see what happens. But I think they have a lot of question marks that they have to f- get figured out, though. Yeah, I don't think it's Mariota season. I'm kind of I'm I'm no longer a Mariota truther or a Corey Davis truther. Oh my gosh, Corey! I'm not <laughs> drafting Corey Davis in any league this year. <laughs> You got to pick him up at week nine like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Good point. (laughs) Well, the next team, this is about as old school as you can get as a rivalry, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, I got to say that maybe rivalry is uh, a strong word for what it's been recently. But I tell you what, man, they've been really frustrating (laughs) the last couple of years, too. Well, they, they completely rocked our clocks. With uh, the London game, we got totally demolished. Oh yeah, Whew. I wasn't even thinking that one. I was thinking like the uh, the the game that Joe got knocked out. Well, I was think so. The reason the Jacksonville game came up in my mind today was someone saw I was wearing a Ravens polo and they were like, "Man, I miss the Ravens. I think they're so good. I'm so curious now about Lamar." But ever since they kneeled at that game in London, I, I stopped watching. And I was like, oh, yeah, they, they really got beat hard that game. They're like, no, the kneeling. Oh, they, they, were like, they took a knee. They said they took uh, a knee. And I was like, oh, yeah, they, they, they were so bad. I completely forgot about the, the whole kneeling thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they were, so, they were so horrible. And then she's like, no, because they kneeled. I was like, ah. 
Yeah, some people have different topic. Yeah, <laughs> some people have different priorities. But yeah, that's like the maybe the last game a few fans have seen, and it, it was not pretty. Yeah, this is one of the most old school rivalries that we have on this list here for the Ravens. So old school that I think most of the rivalry predates most of when we started watching the Ravens. <laughs> so I uh, can't really add too much about the early years of this, but I do remember 2000. That was the year I started watching the Ravens in like late 1999. Didn't really understand what was going on though in football till the next year. And I remember watching that game in week two, that shootout, one of the rare games of the season where the Ravens defense just could not stop the opposing offense. I mean, Mark Burnell was just hooking up with Jimmy Smith all over the place. Man, I looked at the stat sheet. I think Jimmy Smith had like over 200 receiving yards against the Ravens secondary. It was insane. But Tony Banks, in his one good game in a Ravens uniform, (laughs) threw like five touchdowns that game, including the game winner to Shannon Sharp. And I just remember a lot of Ravens fans at the time telling me, a very inexperienced Ravens fan, about how that was such a huge win because apparently the Ravens had never beaten Jacksonville before and Jacksonville had just been to the AFC Championship the season before. So even though this rivalry is pretty old, it's got a huge place in Ravens history because at the time, and that was the most significant win in the franchise's history, and it kind of set the, the stage for the first Super Bowl season going forward. Something I want to ask our listeners... Peter brings up a good point. I had the same story that I started getting into football in the season of 99, and it really ramped up in 2000. So for that, we were seven and eight years old or so. So I'm curious to know, when did you get into football? Is that a normal time that people start finally getting into football, seven and eight years old, or or what? Because I, I, a lot of my friends, because we're all from Baltimore, I think will say that that's when they started watching, but we also happen to have won a Super Bowl, which I think biases the information. <laughs> just a tad yeah and i realize we're talking about ravens for podcast so maybe uh we need some older fans to help us out here that maybe didn't go through that transition that's right it looks like someone on the raven subreddit actually shared uh, some highlights from that game you were just talking about peter so and i've i've i'm only about a minute in right now and i've already seen far too many passes to jimmy smith so <laughs> <laughs> you were yeah, right about that i i was i'll bring up the box score but it was insane. I think he had like 250-some receiving yards or something. It was insane, especially against that defense. Yeah, damn. Jimmy Smith, 15 receptions, 291 yards, and three touchdowns Oof. against that 2000 Ravens defense. Yet Tony Banks, of all people, had 262 passing yards and five touchdowns. Insane. That is wild. I will definitely put that in the document chris i'll put it in the show notes so people can go and watch sounds good so i think we can go into i want to save the next team for the last segment personally i agree with that yeah sounds good i do want to talk a little bit about jamal lewis's dominance in 2003 just because it's always fun to talk about that but (laughs) (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there all right so we want to talk about some NFC teams who would make good Ravens rivals. This is a hard one, you know, just because we don't play them very often. We have to make it to the Super Bowl, or they have to be one of the teams we play in that, you know, only every four years do we play NFC teams. So this is more difficult. I guess these are teams that are in the spirit of the Ravens, maybe teams with good defenses. Yeah, that's what kind of what I was thinking when I was uh, going through for the teams I thought might be. Just like 
what are some teams that, you know, look at how the Ravens have played in their history, how those teams played over the past few years, during that same time. And I think a team that on the NFC side that would have made a great rival for the Ravens, um, especially this past decade, would be the Seattle Seahawks. Just because both those teams, you know, really know how to run the football and, you know, Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom, right? They're another big smash mouth defensive team like the Ravens. Both teams have excellent home field advantages, great game day atmosphere. I think if the Ravens and Seahawks had played more games the past decade, that would be a game that would usually be on primetime, would get a lot of national attention, in my opinion. Another team we have listed here is the Chicago Bears. Similarly, I remember, you know, Brian Erlacher, for instance, extremely good middle linebacker into the Hall of Fame the same year as Ray Lewis, if I don't, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, no. Yep. Yep. So just an example of a team that are kind of in parallel almost. I, I get why we put that one down. Yeah. Chicago, yeah, definitely an interesting one too, because if you think about it with their the NFC North division, uh, I think there's a lot of parallels between the Steelers, Ravens, and Packers, Bears, at least during that same era. Yeah, I would agree with that. Gosh, that that rivalry itself has so much history. It's pretty incredible to, to think that that one's going on for, like I think, like 100 years, I think. But yeah, I think also, just like you pointed out, both those divisions really mirror each other pretty well, You know, playing in a lot of cities where you're up north, so it's getting cold, so not going to be too much aerial attack in late season. You're going to have bad weather that's going to play an impact on the game. So since both the Ravens and Bears are have a lot of experience in those games, I think that could make a really interesting pairing. Yeah, and I always kind of uh, thought Jay Cutler was sort of like Joe in that we all love Joe as a quarterback, I think, for the, for the time that he was here and, and always supported him and no matter what. I kind of felt the same way about Jay. I, I know he was a little bit more divisive, I think, among Bears fans. I, I had a, a buddy of mine in high school who was uh, was a big Bears fan. He's from sh- the Chicago area. But he really liked Jay. You know, he was his quarterback. But uh, I, I always kind of felt that they were kind of both kind of got a bad rap. Oh, man. Yeah, Jay Cutler. Funny story about him. So when I was in high school, for whatever reason, I think this was Jay Cutler's second year in the league. I told my dad that he should pick Jay Cutler in his uh, office fantasy football league because Jay Cutler was going to have a great year. Jay Cutler did not have a good year, and so you know my dad always brings that up to me. It's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Whenever you think you have a good idea, he just brings that up. Basically, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, an inside joke. The mighty Jay Cutler. He's uh, having fun on a reality show now. I think his wife has a reality show. He's just as uh, unenthusiastic as ever in the one clip I saw of that. Hey, man, that's Smoking Jay. He can do what he wants. <laughs> but, yeah, let's go to the next one. So the Eagles, I think it's a pretty good choice too. And because they're close, there's a lot of, uh, I think, fun debate between Ravens and Eagles fans as to who's going to win whenever, the, whenever they do match up. And, uh, you know, the Eagles have definitely been really good recently. You know, they made uh, won the Super Bowl finally so happy for them to finally win that you know and they've been really good for the other couple seasons as well it's a shame we haven't had too many games with them they have some intense fans dirty birds (laughs) 
You know, it's like, yeah, they, they, it makes sense for sure to have them on the list. I kind of feel like my 49ers pick was a good rivalry back when they were both Harbaugh-led teams. That was kind of what I was pointing at there. Just those years was so cool. Yeah, that one's interesting be- just because because it was the Harbaugh's and since you had back-to-back years where the Ravens played the 49ers, you know, in 2011 in the, on the Thanksgiving Day game or Thanksgiving night game, and then the, mm-hmm. the next year in the Super Bowl, that kind of felt like a mini rivalry right there just because of those two games back-to-back. It's kind of as close as, as a AFC and NFC team can get to a rivalry. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember I was at the, the Thanksgiving night game. That was that was really great. I remember Joe Sack and Alex Smith. Um, or Joe. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Suggs. <laughs> Suggs. <laughs> Sack and Alex Smith. Oh, man, he had a really great game. Suggs, not Alex, not Alex Smith. So who added the Falcons? That was a really good one. Uh, I added that one just, you know, it, it, it's mostly been a rivalry just because uh, it's who's the better quarterback, Matt Ryan versus uh, Joe Flacco. And I'd like to point out, Joe Flacco is still the only quarterback out of those two to have won a Super Bowl. So, um, <laughs> just, Yeah, one of them doesn't choke as hard as anyone has <laughs> ever choked in the history of choking. Good God, the Falcons – one of our friends, he's in our league chat still as the Atlanta Falcons because he always chokes the end of fantasy football. Good God, that was the biggest <laughs> choke of I can ever remember. How dare you? Against the Patriots? Ugh. Worst quarterback <laughs> ever. <laughs> You've been canceled. Right. But, but, uh, but aside from that, I mean, you know, those, the one or two games we have had, they've been tough. I do remember watching, I think it was the 2010 season, we played the Falcons down in Atlanta. I believe it was a Monday night game. It was pretty close. I think the Falcons may have ended up winning that game. They did, yeah, on like a last-second touchdown pass to uh, Roddy White, I want to say. Yeah. You know, if the Falcons had you know, made the postseason a little bit more often, might have had a little bit more of a rivalry, but you know they always seem to get knocked out in the first round. Well, the the ranks are four to two with them, and uh, when we beat them, we usually beat them well. If they beat us, they barely beat us. <laughs> and Joe Flacco, elite quarterback, so elite, superior to Matt Ryan. So I mentioned this. I think it's a really good segue into who do we think the future rivals will be. I wrote down well. Peter wrote down the Cleveland Browns, but I wrote down that I think this is going to be a rivalry because similar to how Joe and Matt were always tied from that draft class, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are going to be tied as two quarterbacks drafted the same year. Who's better? They're going to be playing each other twice a year at least. We're all thinking that Cleveland might have a pretty good team this year. I think this this is the the new rivalry to watch. Yeah, I think especially like we were talking about how with Suggs leaving that there's really not anyone left from the Ravens-Steelers rivalries on those defenses that that made those rivalries such much-watch football. I think the division rivalries are in the AFC North are starting to shuffle up a bit. And yeah, great point, like you said. I mean, two quarterbacks taken in the first round of the same year, Mayfield and Jackson are going to be compared to each other. And I think that that game at the end of the regular season last year is a precursor to what we can expect for in the next over the next five ten years between these two teams. I mean that was a 
a bit of a sloppy game in some ways, but I mean, it was back and forth, exciting battle, came down to last second defensive stop by the Ravens to win that game. I'm excited for those games this year, even though I'm still not on the bandwagon that thinks that the Browns are going to make the playoffs. I think they're definitely going to be competitive, and that's what, how the Ravens perform in those games are going to have a strong impact on whether or not they make the postseason this year. But hey, let's not get caught up in the now. Let's reminisce some. Peter, you want to talk about Jamal Lewis? Yeah, so what's funny about the Browns is originally we did have them in the notes under past Raven rivals, and then we were kind of like, yeah, it's kind of one-sided because obviously there's Cleveland has... 30 to 10. Yeah. The Ravens have currently a 750 win percentage against the Browns. It's not really what you see in a rivalry. Um, (laughs) But... Man, there's been some still some good memories in those games from a Ravens perspective. I mean, who can forget 2003? Jamal Lewis rushes for almost 500 yards. Actually, I think 500 on the dot because he had 295 in the week two game. And then later in the year, he had 205 yards rushing. Man, he just completely ran over the Browns that year. I remember that. That was fun to watch. Yeah, that was number one at the time, right? Until Adrian Peterson broke his record? Uh, correct, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely one of the coolest seasons as a Ravens fan, in my opinion, watching that historic run, literally just running, running, running all over teams. And then that season ended on a Tennessee Titans field goal for going back to the rivalry theme in the wild oh. card round. But who can forget Peyton Hillis? Anybody remember that guy? Peyton oh, Hillis, yeah, yeah, he was on the cover of Madden. How can you forget? <laughs> Greatest white running back of all time. Not he really. Gave us, he gave us some fits. He was a big dude. He was hard to tackle. You know, I, th- I think he had a, a good number of yards against us <laughs> that year or two years. Yeah, he was a hurdler, too, if I remember. I think he, uh, he was doing that before Nick Boyle started doing that. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, that's funny. You're right, Alec. Yeah, he was on the cover of that Madden game. I I think I still have that one. (laughs) All right, so we brought up the Browns, and we've talked a little bit about how we're not sure about the Ravens-Steelers rivalry will be going in the future, but are there any other teams that we think the Ravens might be taking the place on their rivalries list? I mean, I think the Browns are definitely a good choice for all the reasons you guys mentioned, at least for division rivals. You know, we don't know what the Bengals are going to be like. You know, they're going through a lot of transition with Roethlisberger. Despite his uh, rumors every year that he's going to retire, he's probably going to retire within the next couple of years just because of his age. So we don't know what's going to happen with the next couple of years with the Steelers. The Browns for the division are, you know, just makes sense. Um as far as someone outside the division, I really hope that we could start a rivalry with uh, Kansas City. Yeah, there it I, is. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that, too, if neither of you guys mentioned it. <laughs> no, man. That, yeah, man. That, that game yeah, that game last year against them, that, that, that for me showed Lamar had what it, what it took. You know, he played real hard that game. It was a really close, hard-fought game. And just one play to Tyreek Hill really changed the course of it. But if we get more games like that, man, I'm going to be super excited. That was the beginning of the rivalry. I'm going to call it now. You know the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes back there and all the talent they have. They're going to be a team to watch out for for years to come. And the Ravens with Lamar Action Jackson 
and our growing nebulous on offense. Very excited to see this offense. I think it's going to be really interesting. Plus the defense, which is as stout as ever, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, man. We'll see him again this year, no doubt. Not just week three. I think we're going to see him in the playoffs. Man, that will be an exciting Oh, prediction. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, I don't... As far as, like, the rest of the teams this year, I mean, I'm looking over the, the schedule. I mean, there's certainly... We've had some good games against some of these teams that on here. You know, we've had some good games against the Texans, against the Bills, some not-so-good games against the Jets. But I don't know if we're going to see them enough to to really make them a true rivalry, you know? Yeah. Actually, you mentioned the Jets. The Jets was actually a, a pretty good mini rivalry for a bit when uh, Rex Ryan was there. That's true. But yeah, I think with with some of these teams in the AFC outside the division, it's just going to end up being, you know, who are we finishing close in the divisions with? Because that's how the schedule formula works. That's how we had what used to have games against New England every year. And right. It does seem like we play Houston a lot, but I don't really think there's any like bad blood between those teams or like any really memorable game against those teams to really call that a rivalry. Yeah, not really. I mean, there was the playoff game in 2011 and 20 yeah, 2011, I guess. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, they were starting TJ Yates at quarterback. Right. Ed exactly. Reed and Ladarius Webb were feasting. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the ints, right? And we've had a couple other games like that where some games we've just blown them out. I think there was a game or two they may have blown blown us out, but otherwise unmemorable. Maybe the Joe Flacco led Broncos would be uh, an area of interest, huh? Yeah, <laughs> AFC Championship game, maybe. <laughs> I'm very torn to see who I want to win. I mean, come on, it's got to be the Ravens first. But you know, if if we were to lose to Joe, it would make me cry. But I would also be tears of happiness. If that happens, I might have to laugh because that would just be, <laughs> that would be so crazy if Joe Flacco resurrects his career in that way, which he could in Denver. I mean, I think that mile eye hair is going to be uh, something his deep ball, as we all remember from 2012. Just give him a little extra oomph. Exactly, right? yeah. You know, usually he throws a five yard short with a little less air up there. It's going to be perfect. Yep. But Always got a pull for the Ravens, even when against beloved ex-teammates. So, But we're getting way ahead of ourselves, man. We haven't even had the first preseason game yet, and we're already talking about you know, what might be the AFC Championship game. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Our next episode, we'll be talking about the outcome of the Ravens-Jaguars game. It's going to be mostly just looking at how some certain players played McSorley season now that uh, RG3's hurt for a little bit. See how Miles Boykins is doing, et cetera. Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, Miles Boykins is I, I love what I'm hearing about him and I'm I'm getting excited. But I know it's only training camp, but let's not forget my bold prediction before everyone jumps bold on the jumps on the on the hype train. I had my bold prediction about Miles Boykin from the very first episode. It's true. That's true. And if it doesn't become true, you guys can delete that episode. <laughs> it's been camp. Fake news. I I wanted to also point out, listener Chris brought this up, but Ravens and Redskins are an interesting rivalry, just the battle of the beltway. I remember them going to the game. In the Super Bowl run in 2012, we lost that game. It also spurred us firing the failing, um, what was his name? Cam Cameron. Cam, Cam Cameron. Cameron, man. Us firing Cam Cameron. And you know we destroyed RG3, who's now hurt again. <laughs> Haloti Nada just 
completely pounding him. But I feel like it's more just a battle of the beltway. You know, we always play him in the preseason. That's why that game, that team has a little bit of a rivalry going. Yeah, and I think I didn't, for me, I, I don't really think the rivalry against them is existed because aside from that game was a pretty good game despite the fact that the Ravens lost outside of that though I mean Ed Reed I think in both 2004 and 2008 had a strip sack for fumble recovery touchdown those are memorable plays outside of that yeah not really too many memorable moments from that those matchups and no offense to Washington fans their team really hasn't been on par with the Ravens over the past couple decades I know that's a sore spot, but... <laughs> well, with Haskins coming in, maybe it's time for them to be on the ascendancy. It's so interesting how these are all tied to quarterbacks or very frequently tied to quarterbacks. Well, we'll see. Not everybody can ascend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, and that's not a diss against the Redskins, right? I mean, like, you know, there's so many quarterbacks that are picked up in the first, second round. And everyone thinks, oh, yeah, I've got the quarterback of the future. And honestly, most of them don't pan out, so... You know, we'll, we'll 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 see. But I, I agree with you guys. I think most of the Ravens Redskins rivalry is just kind of like I don't know. It, it, it feels almost like high school rivalries. It's really just because you're close, <laughs> right? It, it has very little to do with the actual level of competition and the quality of games. It's just that you know some people live here and some people live across the street and they root for different teams and that's where it comes from. Well, on that note, as Alex said. We are excited to, next week, stop talking about the past of Ravens football and start looking forward towards the future with some actual analysis of some recent Ravens events. First preseason game of the season. Get to finally see some guys in action. Should be fun times. I can't wait. <laughs>